0: it's shit show time i'm legan and i'm here for the thrill of it
1: i'm mike and i also watch these movies i got things to say
2: uh i'm i'm brian and um i i have nothing i have nothing i'll be funnier later i swear
1: tell them (laughs) it's gonna be a great show this is the most oh it's gonna be a great show ever because
2: these movies are the best
3: I'm Christian, and I thought these movies were spookily bad.
0: This time of year, maybe there's some traditions that you're missing out on because of everything that's happening. Maybe you go to your local corn maze. Maybe you go look at some oversized gourds. Maybe you overpay for a haunted house so that you can have college students blow in your ear... Or you go a little too fast, and the guy with the leaf blower already jumped out. So he has to slink back into his hidey hole, disappointedly. You know, just some examples of things we do. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I've seen it. I've seen it. Uh, Things we do because we like being scared. Uh, And today we have movies for people who wanted to be scared, but got a little too real. Uh, you know, it, it's sort of something close to our own hearts, maybe, <laughs> our because we all enjoy horror movies, and that's sort of a sanctioned, safe way to get your kicks, your thrills, your spooks. Uh, so today we have uh, three movies that explore that. We have Escape Room, Hellfest, and Fear, Inc.
2: Fuck it, let's do Hellfest first.
3: Okay, let's do Fuck someone Fuck it. Someone introduced Bargain Bin of Despair. Introduce Hellfest.
1: A bunch of teenagers. There is a girl whose name I kept forgetting, but then I looked it up. Her name is Natalie. And it's implied that all of her friends went off to college, but she didn't. Then they say, hey, let's loosen up and have fun and go to Hellfest, because that boy you like got us VIP thick- tickets to go in inexplicably, and it is never explained. And then when they arrive there, they start getting stalked by some dude wearing an extremely anonymous mask. And then I thought, oh boy, is why is he wearing such a, such a boring outfit? But then they did explain it later on.
2: Now, real quick, what exactly is Hellfest?
1: Hellfest, guys and girls, is like a spooky theme park where you go to and you pay money to get in. And then there's all these like mini, like basically spook house type experiences that you walk through. I don't I think it's a real thing in America, but being from Ireland I never experienced Well it. that
3: was a question that, that one of the one of the first things after viewing this. I thought is this just a product placement? Because I can't see any other reason for this movie to exist.
0: I couldn't find anything about something called Hellfest specifically. Um but theme parks that operate normally year round do have a thing where they get dressed up for Halloween, and there are companies that come in and, and do this, and they set up uh, what are called haunts, which are, you know, like like we saw in the movie, is you walk through a corridor and people in costumes like jump out and try to scare you. Um, and I think part of what the movie got pretty accurate is that a big part of people who go to these are obnoxious teenagers who really have to prove... That they're not getting scared by the thing. Haha, I see you. I
2: see you working minimum wage. You're not scaring me. <laughs> mm. I have also been to one of these in Salem, Massachusetts during Halloween times. Um, and I got to shoot a guy dressed as a zombie in the nuts with a paintball gun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: was that was that a sanctioned part of the Yes, experience? that was a
2: sanctioned part. There was like a firing range where someone... Dressed as a giant cartoonish padded zombie, very padded, would like slowly shamble at you and you got to shoot him with a paintball gun.
1: That zombie
3: is husky looking, it's very safe. And did you feel he had earned minimum wage after getting shot by you?
2: Yeah, I think he was probably having fun. I think he was a little scared when it started because everybody was going to try to shoot him in the nuts, but it's. Aside the point of what Hellfest is in the yeah, the trash that is everything except for Tony Todd.
3: Can I can I ask a question? Here's here, here here's a dumbass question. We're talking about importance of Halloween in America. Was it a thing before the yeah. Irish? Probably not. But the I- Irish
1: Irish immigrants have been here for quite a while now. I know. Well, two hundred yeah. years. Not that long.
2: Well, geologically, sure.
1: <laughs> I do think there was the other other European flavors brought different versions of Halloween too I think and then as you know it all got Americanized
2: just like American Christmas
1: and then it, ironically the American Halloween is being re-imported back into other countries yeah, it's, after it's, years it's, of percolation it's gone full circle we import American Halloween now uh, I don't mind that at all I love the American Halloween with all yeah. the nonsense <laughs> so I thought this film the origin of this film was oh look they clearly had access to this thing and then they just filmed but then if you go watch the making of because you're curious it looks like they didn't it looks like they custom built everything for the movie and that is amazing the the haunts in this were kind of cheap looking so i thought they were real they did actually look like the kind of nonsense you would find out one of these things it's weird to try and get mileage out of clearly fake-looking zombie monster stuff.
0: The, what they did is they built these fake corridors, haunts, because they wanted to be able to film from whatever angle they wanted to be able to, rather than using the exi- ex- existing mm. ones. So they hired a guy who builds the real ones to make it look like real cheap. Once, <laughs> and and the okay. problem with this is, you know, eventually this stalker uh, murderer starts chasing them, and he's the real threat, right? But throughout the movie, they keep trying to scare us, the audience, with these haunts, and it's like that's not the scary part anymore. There's a murderer. There's a real murderer on the loose,
2: guys. That's the scary part. It's not haunted or anything. It's there's a slasher in it. It's a slasher film has all the fucking tropes of it.
1: For the first half of the film, is our girl that we're following, Natalie, she kind of likes the guy who got them into the park, who's also kind of a dorky dude. Is he? Gavin. So, uh, but then he gets, inexplicably, uh, he gets ki- killed off halfway through the movie, which is like...
2: It wasn't even halfway. It was He was the first death in the entire thing. The love interest of the story. First main character death.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how horror movies often open up with a a sample of what's going to happen uh, in the movie, so we we get a different group of people going through a haunt, and one of them gets uh, separated and cornered by this slasher guy who then kills her and strings her up to make her look like she's part of the haunt. Um, And so, of course, when we meet up with our main characters, this has become part of of the news of oh a few years ago uh, a girl got killed in one of the, in a haunt and it took took them days to find her because they thought she was part of the scenery they kind of got away from incorporating the kills into all this other spooky stuff you know if you think about this movie and you've been to one of these things you know how many people per square footage there is, and it's very difficult to be alone at any point in one of these things, and so just the feasibility Mm -hmm. of any of this happening is
2: pretty low. There's a lot of people at these places that are, like, behind the scenes, making sure that everything's cool because the one thing that I was like, oh, that's a nice little detail, was (laughs) They have to sign waivers before they go into the park or parts of the park. The scariest part. Yeah, because people are going to touch them. So the people that run these haunts need consent from the participants to be like, hey, we're going to, like, grab you and scare you physically and shit. So, like, there's a lot of people around. So it would be hard to isolate people and kill them.
1: Yeah, the other kill is when that, like, random girl... She jostled the the serial killer on the way into the park. Later on, Natalie is in some place and is inexplicably alone. And then the killer drags that girl out of a hiding place because she runs across and they think it's a part of a performance. And this, to me, was the strongest part of the entire film, was the fact that other people watching it... You don't don't have to have people alone. You just have to have have the witnesses think it's a performance. Mm -hmm. And serial killer is there with the knife over the girl and then natalie is like you're not scaring me just do it do it and then so the serial killer stabs the girl in front of natalie and then that's when natalie's like okay i'm actually a little bit spooked <laughs> a out. little she too runs,
2: real she runs off that was and then, a very good performance
0: and
1: then her friends say oh yeah it's just part of the park that's what we paid for Woo!"
0: yeah and and they see someone with like a fake knife doing the same thing So this is what I think they got away from is, is the whole thesis of, oh, you don't know what's, what's part of the park and what, what's actually happening.
1: Yeah. If they'd had more of that, I think they could have made a film that was like functional, but like, like we said, they kind of gave up on it at some point and it was like, oh, don't do that. This is a spooky side
3: note for our fan that's listening. Um, The body not being noticed because it was part of the thing. Reminded me slightly of the Curious Case of Elmer McCurdy. So go look that up, fan. Oh, what? Okay. It was on Long Island Beach and it was a ghost train, but there was a skeleton that came out and it was a, a doctor or some medical person happened to be on the spook right one day and went, those bones look for- Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're real.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it was an outlaw or cowboy got shot and he wound up in a... Like an undertaker's place. And then nobody came forward to pay for this guy's funeral. And he said, well, I'm keeping the body. People like coming in to look at it. And that happened for years. And at some point, someone forgot he was a real dead guy. And then he just started getting sold around as an exhibit. (laughs) So there's,
3: there's a spooky little side note.
2: There was no way that a dead body left in one of these places would not draw immediate attention because it would smell so fucking bad. The whole premise is crazy because it's a quality movie.
1: Well, here's the thing, Brian. I would have believed as a viewer that a body could have survived undetected because it's part of the decorations for maybe an hour or two. The poor guy whose job is to grease down the things comes in, and he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, I could
3: even see that thing lasting an actual body, maybe even lasting overnight. Yeah, yeah, probably. No, I could burn. even see it going into like an eight to twelve hour cycle before somebody notices. But um... this is
0: another ball that they drop um, early on in the movie. The romantic interest, Gavin, is like hey, it's okay. If you look at their hands, you can tell which of the dummies are real and which are real people because it's hard to fake hands. And you think like, oh, that's a vital piece of information that she's going to use to like save herself. And she doesn't. Like it just, she uses it to not be as scared in a corridor where there's a bunch of arms coming out. And that's kind of happens with like a lot of the plot arcs is once they kill off Gavin, they kind of forget to like give any of the other characters plot arcs We get hints that the main character, Natalie, is, like, struggling with school and just struggling in general, but we never learn what that is.
2: Yeah, there's not really any depth to any of these characters because it all just takes place in this one night.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I totally thought there should have been an element of, like, Gavin, is that the name of the boyfriend? He gets them in with the VIP tickets. doesn't explain how he got the VIP tickets. I thought he should have mentioned that he worked there. And then when he went missing, and they start getting stalked by this weirdo, I thought that the other people should have been going, Ah, that's probably Gavin. And, like, even the film maybe should have set up something like, Is the person stalking them their friend? Because that would have, like, added an extra layer of, like, something to grab onto. I did like the twist. You know, he goes into the park in his super boring, super serial killer outfit, and he puts on the mask, and then... I was like surely in those parks you're not allowed only the people who work there are allowed to wear costumes for legal reasons and yeah. then but then it's revealed later that oh he is dressed just like one of the helpers like all the helpers mm-hmm. have a they wear blacks it's super boring And then they have, like, a mask that looks kind of lame on the making of the... It was
2: definitely lame. Yeah,
1: the director was very proud of that mask. He went into... (laughs) It was like...
2: I knew someone was gonna...
1: Yeah, because he said he modeled it after paper mache, traditional Halloween paper mache masks.
0: Like death masks that you put on like a child.
1: And he's right, but just in the context of this film, I didn't like the mask. I didn't like his hoodie. I didn't like his pants. And but then it kind of helped a little bit when it was revealed that, oh, he's he's dressing up boring on purpose because he's trying to look like one of the staff. But I think I would have been less angry if that had become obvious earlier in the movie.
0: And all the rest of the staff have really good costumes. They have like a little troop of children that are dressed up in like creepy costumes that with like canvas hood sacks. And it's like, well, if they got a bunch of effort, why is everybody else wearing... Hoodies.
1: No, no, mm-hmm. uh, those guys, Lagan, like, My interpretation is those guys were the lowest level helper. Like those guys, it was to take out the trash and stuff.
2: What the children? Aren't there child labor laws in Halloween Town or whatever?
1: Yeah, no, I thought like you had your performers in the monster outfits and stuff, and then all of the low level helpers were given the black hoodie and the and the si- and the silly mask.
0: Uh, but but we get Tony Todd doing the yes. Welcome to Hell level voiceover of, like, these are the helpers. And they even, like, have this choreographed moment where they get ridden in on this little kitty ride. And, like, the others purposely yeah, a tunnel scare of, of love.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The-, <laughs> the, the tunnel of love fear.
0: Yep. So, like, if they were supposed to be background not very well costumed, why were they featured so heavily... Uh, and prominently
1: I, Well it's, the answer is because you want to do that scene where With the girl where you're like She thinks oh, it's, it's a slasher, killer yeah. but it's just some helper dude but, but even if you did want to rationalize it That job's gotta be shitty Go into the tunnel of love And scare one of those dudes You're not gonna give a guy with loads of prosthetics that job Just give it to the teenager wearing the one mask You know mm-hmm. Cause he's going I mean cause if you give it to the guy who's dressed up like a giant spider His legs are gonna get stuck on the things <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh God! Anyway, can we talk about Tony Todd and how awesome he is in this movie? How he just fucking nails it with his like five minutes of monologuing or whatever?
1: Candyman. That's what. What?
2: Yes, he is the Candyman.
1: I would not know who Tony Todd is, but Candyman.
2: And his voice. He has a very iconic a voice, voice, so it doesn't surprise me that they had him record like little snippets that they could then play throughout the park that they made. Yeah. That's what I would do. I thought he was fine. Yeah,
0: I yeah, you
3: know, no, part. it was great. I, I, he hammed
2: it up real good.
3: Yeah, the only time I parked up during this movie was when he appeared. I was like, oh, it's the Candyman.
2: Yeah, right? So one of the friends gets, like, picked up by uh, one of the people that's dressed up and works at the park, and she gets dragged off, basically, right? And then they bring her to Tony Todd or whatever, and she, like, volunteers to do this whole dramatic stage thing. Sacrifice. Which is kind of cute. She fakes being sacrificed. She's like an alt-punk girl or whatever. What's her name? Quinn? No. Taylor Taylor
1: Quinn Taylor both both of those general neutral names sound like they could yeah, suit yeah, for sure. that hair <laughs>
0: the little dynamic is that you have this one friend and you have Natalie and she's made a new college friend a way cooler one the college friend calls Natalie grade school and eventually Natalie calls her college
2: is that right? Something like that. I don't know. It doesn't matter. They're trying to add depth to characters that like And they they don't quite they do. can't because they they've, don't stick the they've set this one night. There's not enough time.
1: Her character was supposed to be she's very annoying, but then as you get to know her, you're like, "Oh, she has a likable side." But they never quite land that second part.
2: <laughs> well, I thought she was likable to start off with cuz she was the fun friend that liked to, I don't know, drink and listen to punk rock or whatever i don't know anyway she volunteers to do this whole theatrical stage sacrifice with a guillotine and tony todd is like the announcer ringleader basically he's dressed as like a halloween themed ringleader so she gets strapped into this fake guillotine and natalie's freaking out because the executioner One of his boots is scuffed, and she noticed that on the guy that's stalking them. Of all the hints they could have given to the audience, they choose messed up boot.
1: (laughs) They couldn't focus on his stupid hoodie and his stupid pants because they're so boring.
2: (laughs) Natalie thinks that the executioner is the killer, and then uh, the executioner releases the guillotine that Taylor is in, and... A fake head rolls off and then the curtains close and you see that she puts her head back up but it turns out that the executioner actually was the killer and was waiting for everybody to leave so that he could actually use the guillotine or try to.
1: Everyone listening would imagine that oh he just set it up again and then pulled the trigger and killed her but that's not what happens and I was really annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he he pulls the trigger and it cuts the back of her neck a little bit because it's, like, not a real guillotine. And I was yeah, like, it's super oh, dull. this is going to be brutal. He's going to, like get up on the thing and just stomp it through her neck or or like
2: take a hammer or something
1: she was trying to undo her belt buckles while he was resetting it and i was like oh this is going to be brutal it's going to come down on her fingers and slice off all her fingers as well as like mess up her neck oh this is going to be gross this is going to be a good bit in the film that's
2: exactly but, what i thought too
1: but then no she just runs off and he chases her and it's like oh god damn it you do it with the lamest option
2: such a letdown yeah that's when the whole thing collapses all the facade because he chases her into a crowd and then just stabs her just in front of a bunch of people like, yeah so
0: oh. so he- here's how the deaths go for the the main cast <laughs> gavin gets splattered with a, a bell hammer i don't know what that sideshow is called the mallet but like that's actually like ooh gross. that, one, that one cool.
1: was relatively good
0: yeah. Um, another guy gets stabbed through the eye with a needle. That
1: one I thought was lame.
0: <laughs> but, like, at least they went for the practical effect. And, and so so we're ramping up, and you're like, Oh, man, all oh, this this guillotine, all oh, this is going to be great. And then she just, whoop. And then she and another one of the friend groups just get, boop, boop, double stabbed, immediately dead. And it's yeah. like,
2: what? Why- like There's no build-up in the scene or anything. There's no tension of like a chase or whatever. Or they probably well, thought it was going to be
1: shocking, but it wasn't shocking. It was just lame. Can we talk about the, the, the guy who gets the syringe through his head? Because I thought that was dumb. It was lame that the syringe went all the way into the head because that's not how heads work. And he shoves the plunger part in through the socket. And it's like, no, that's not how syringes work, buddy. Okay, what I wanted to happen, which I thought would be cool, was he injects him with like bleach or some shit and he starts having a seizure on the floor and like all of these kills what i thought would have improved them is if he just leaves the guy having a seizure on the floor in a big pile of bodies and then you cut to some other people going through that spook room and there's a lady who's freaking out because she finds this guy having a seizure on the floor and he's like oh oh, oh, help me help me and then her bro buddies are like, Oh, Cherry, you're so nuts. It's just part of the thing. And then they just walk off from him and leave him there having a seizure on the floor. To recapitulate the, Oh, this is so dangerous because you can't look for help because everybody just thinks you're part of the attraction. <laughs> you know?
0: So anyway, it's it's down to the, the two best friends. There's, there's pandemonium in the park because he just killed two people in the middle of it. And um, even though he's been hinted to be, like, strong before, he picks up the bell hammer, like, single-handedly when Gavin was struggling with it. (laughs) There's this shot of, you know, people running around and this this girl, like, runs into him and he, he spins off, which, like, really undermines how threatening this guy is to me. Anyway.
1: The better version of that scene would have been a security guard tries, a huge security guard tries to subdue him. And the girls stop for a second because they're like, oh, good, it's solved. And then they just see him, like, just kill this, like, security guard real quick.
0: The the two friends uh, are cornered, so they, like, escape into uh, hell, the, the scariest haunt, apparently.
1: Which is just a bunch of rooms filled with nonsense. <laughs> just a bunch of rooms. All just a bunch of rooms with lasers in them. <laughs>
0: rooms. They they figure out that the lasers like trigger the sound for the next room, and so there's this. They make you know, they Tony, Tony to Todd speak.
1: A... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's they so... try to
0: build the tension of like them sneaking around so they don't reveal where they are to this guy. Um. Eventually, they make it to a room. With a bunch of like white masks, and I was like, Oh my god, if they have this mask, why wasn't our main villain wearing this mask? This would have been much creepier. So there's a final s- struggle. Um.
1: This is the part where you would have done the hands thing
2: <laughs> Chekhov's mannequin hands.
1: Yeah, they run back <laughs> to the entrance to try and get out, but our serial killer has sealed the entrance off, so they have to. So now the serial killer is ahead of them in the spooky rooms, and I was like, Well, this is where you do the hands thing. And then they don't. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Shall we just jump to the spoilers of the end? Which, fuck this... Yeah.
1: Natalie, our hero, hides inside a spooky thing and manages to thwart the killer that way. And she, she is not afraid of him anymore, which is the vibe I was getting. But this should have been really laying the groundwork for Natalie is afraid and insecure of everything. And so then when she does take on the killer... It's like a big triumphal moment, but instead, it's like you know, it's it's okay, but it could have been better.
2: Yeah, she, they just sort of evade the killer, and then the killer escapes. I,
0: I would have had her had to choose between escaping and her friend, and and choo- like cho- choosing to save save her friend, An- anything really, rather than
2: mm-hmm. yeah, anything worthwhile,
0: rather than what we got. P- the but the police do show up, and of course, this
2: guy vanishes after the police are interviewing um, Natalie and Brooke. It fades out and we get a shot of a minivan driving down a suburban road, pulls into a house with Halloween decorations. You get a third-person shot of um, somebody opening a cabinet in a garage that has a bunch of masks in it and a bunch of pictures of teenagers and whatever dun, dun, dun. yeah Ooh, he's been doing it forever and um walks into this house and there's a little girl sleeping uh in front of a television and she wakes up and says daddy and goes and hugs hugs our mysterious killer and it's like great sure <laughs>
1: well like i said the film should have opened uh, even though i liked the way it opened ish it was relatively good I think if you just show a guy, just show a guy getting nagged by various people in his life and being totally blissed out and zen about it, and then. At The the last shot of that is him going out to the shed that has the, the, the forbidden cabinet in it. And then at the end, it shows the forbidden cabinet and he hangs up the mask. And you're like, oh, that weird sequence at the start, it was him! Yeah, there's a yeah.
2: million ways that they were laying some sort of groundwork for something and just had no follow-through with it. And that's really the point of a lot of the movies that we watch. It's like, ooh,
1: you could have done so something, than but- other films, I thought this film could have been saved... But And this is the thing that annoys me. No extra money needed to be s- spent. I just thought they needed to rearrange the elements a little yeah, bit. Yeah. This film could have been a decent enough little low-budget horror film. Do you know what film I don't think anything could have been done to save it? Is Fear, Inc.
2: Oh, boy. <laughs> I fucking hate this
1: one. Oh
3: I hate this one.
1: Christian is literally touching his face with his hand. Well,
3: it's funny. I preferred Fear, Inc to Hellfest.
1: Oh, then you're a good person
3: well, to introduce Well, not him. really, but um, Fear.inc is a movie about a guy who really likes Halloween and practical jokes and scares and all of that. His girlfriend and his friends aren't really into it, but he hears about a company co- from his friend called Inc, who basically organize Halloween scares and practical scares and all of that. Uh, so he rings them and they say, we're too busy, we can't do it. And then stuff starts to happen. And uh, this motley crew of himself and his girlfriend and his friend and his girlfriend are uh, basically in a house lockdown situation when it kind of becomes a home invasion thing at that point when the spooky stuff starts to happen. And off goes the movie. And we're not sure what's, is it Fearing or is it not? And uh, that's, that's the movie. It kind of turns into a home invasion slasher thing.
0: Yeah, I, I've been to an escape room, I've, I've been to a horror park. I can't say I've ever arranged <laughs> for, a, for a home invasion. The thing about Fear, Inc. <laughs> is
3: it had a really weird energy from the get-go. I, 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 and I couldn't mm-hmm. figure out, at first I thought, is this an Australian movie? Is it an American movie? Is it a movie from a foreign director? It has a very strange energy, and I think that's partly because of the lead has a very strange energy to it.
2: Oh, you've never been to California, I see. Well, that,
3: see, maybe <laughs> that's the thing that I'm just not, the culture there, I'm not well-versed yeah, in Yeah, it's hall. a
2: California stereotype, our main yeah. characters. Like a man bun.
1: The energy I got is, I'm supposed to think this guy is hilarious, and because I didn't think he was hilarious, my my watching experience of the film suffered a lot, you know? Yeah, but also he,
3: he was kind of, I don't know if this is the correct word, he was uncharismatic and uncinematic, and it's just like, what is this guy doing as a lead?
2: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And and what is his, his girlfriend doing with him? Because yeah. there's just nothing yeah. really strange. appealing about him.
2: He's huge in the pants, <laughs> that's what it
0: is. But okay. I've
3: known very successful women who like losery guys, because it's a control thing. I was like, okay, well maybe that's what they're kind of getting at. Um, But strange energy to the movie, but the only thing about it was, it had a knuckle and bolts thing where it kept moving along, and it's by no means a good movie, but it moved along like a spook house ride. There's a thing and a thing and a thing and a thing. That became problematic later on in the movie um, because there were so many things and a things and a thing that it was just exhausting. It's like, I don't care now.
1: Yeah, once the spooky stuff starts happening, I found a lot of the stup- spooky stuff kind of lame, yeah. but at least yeah. it did keep happening. Yes. But the part of the film I found excruciating was the first 20 or 40, however long it takes for the spooky stuff to start happening. About 25 minutes. Yeah, it's the first act,
3: nearly. Yeah, it's 25 minutes. Yeah. The reason I didn't find it excruciating was it was more bafflement. Like, I totally get, (laughs) yeah, I totally get how you'd find it. For me, it was just bafflement going, what's the weirdness? What's the weird energy, you know?
2: I think it's these people are supposed to be caricatures of LA people. Yeah,
3: and and even the the, the, pa- the powerful woman was a loser guy. Maybe that's a thing out there that locally people. Oh, I know a couple. I think of, so. I know, I know I think a couple like that. that. You know.
1: Can I say something horrible yeah. and elitist and gross? Yeah. Now, I don't know how many people this will upset. <laughs> people who aren't like inc- like incredibly uh, developed themselves do a caricature of a non-developed person they wind up making someone who's cartoonishly non-developed you know like when when you have like a bro guy and he's like you know he's like this and the character is like this and it's like and then when they do a slightly exaggerated version of they themselves in real life are almost a caricature it doesn't quite land so you tell these like you know that, that's my horrible elitist thing. No, I, but I, I, I get what you're saying. But it, the, the whole
3: that—that that was the energy I got from the whole it, thing. It. Feels underdeveloped anyway. But the only thing that yeah. kept me in the movie was the way it rattled along. But as I said,
2: so there's actual proof in the movie of how it was underdeveloped because, like, the, all the scares start, but they're all all the deaths. Are from other movies, so this entire okay. movie was just sort of. It wasn't. I don't know if it was an homage to all to like horror. I think it was just. It felt like it was just ripping it off instead of. Well, here's like,
1: the thing, right? I think that was supposed to be like funny. It's supposed to be funny that the guy is like, "Oh God, this death is from this movie."
2: It's from Friday the Thirteenth or from Saw because
0: yeah, they but the, the yeah the one that made me chuckle is like. Hello, Jigsaw? And, and the guy's like, I'm not as popular on a tricycle. That that was the one that made me yeah, chuckle.
2: I don't think that's, like, paying respect to it's these It's just references movies. in place of new substance?
0: Yeah, and yeah, this is the yeah. thing that
1: drove me crazy, is in a, a different film could have maybe uh, done that a little bit more artfully. Because there are films, like Cabin in the Woods is the perfect example yeah. of a film that's constantly referencing other films, but does it in such a way that you're like, oh, this is great, (laughs) you know?
2: Yeah, it does that in the context of its own story. This is just taking elements from other movies and smushing them together and then seeing how it doesn't work because you didn't actually start out with any substance. There's no good plot, and, like, there's a twist in the beginning or, like, in the middle, the second act, beginning of the second act, I guess where the people that have broken into the house from Fear Inc are messing with this guy and it's he starts to crack a little bit and accidentally kills or intentionally kills one of the people that works for Fear Inc and that wasn't supposed to happen
1: the kid from the from the sandlot
2: Oh that's where he's from
1: I'm I'm talking like I know who this kid is but I only know it because I asked Lagan, why are we watching this movie? Why did you pick this movie? And he said, the kid from the Sandlot is in it. And I said, oh my God, I don't care. That's, yep,
2: that's the
0: one.
1: I know who you're talking ta- ta- about. Uh,
2: Patrick
0: Renner. Yeah.
3: yeah, because I recognized them, but I didn't know from what. And I was like, that's yeah. a guy yeah. from something, and there's a reason he's here, and I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. And that added to my 25 minutes of, what is this film? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was just a, an extra level of confusion. Unlike
0: Tony Todd, yeah. he isn't really even given the the chance to take center stage, you know? He he is just kind of a, a henchman yeah. in the yeah. grand scheme of things. Yeah.
1: He was obviously, oh, this is so sad, he was obviously the most expensive actor, Yeah, but he probably would have done a better job as the main character. Yeah,
3: w- yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, if you just met him, the, the slobby slobby inexplicable boyfriend i mean do we need
3: do we need to get into kind of the construct of the movie and 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 what fear inc actually does um in this guy's house and his friends do we do we need to get into no.
1: i think bits and pieces is they they set up a bunch of spooky stuff where he thinks that fear inc has is now uh haranguing him but it's set up that fear inc you don't want to mess with those guys they do it for real
0: yeah, so his friends are really dragging their heels about it, and he's the one who's really excited and gung-ho about it, because, you know, he his wish from the start was to be more scared than he's ever been, to uh, cry as if he was watching The Notebook for the first time. Um, <laughs>
2: Jesus, that's a quote? <laughs> Fuck, <yes>. man. <laughs> yep.
0: Um. It gets tricky because it's fake. That's kind of the tension is that his friends aren't into it, and he's like, no, please, just like, let's keep going with it. It's just part of Fear Inc. Um, and, and like Brian said, eventually he starts cracking when it, it starts getting a little like too real. But yeah, no, apparently this company like tailors this, the, the experience to you. So because he's so into horror movies, that's why
2: the deaths are like referencing other horror movies. Right, and the whole second act is after a twist at the end of the first one, which is really weird, because it alters the stakes.
1: The kid from the Sandlot, like you mentioned, gets uh, choked out by our main character, and then all of a sudden all the friends reveal, oh, it was all actually a game and you just killed a man, and then his two other friends leave, and then his girlfriend is like, we gotta get rid of this body. And he's like yeah. what? And I was like, "Oh wow, this film now has taken a turn that I find actually interesting."
2: Yeah, the the um Fear Inc, the the other people that work for Fear Inc start like hunting them down and like take them to a desert or whatever and dig a grave for them, right? Well, they 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 go to the desert so that they can
0: bury uh Patrick Renna, yeah. And then and then Fear Fe- Fearing, Ca- Fearing catches Inc. up with catches them. But whether it's them, right,
3: spoilers right, right. or not, maybe it doesn't matter but as I said, the, it, doesn't it doesn't matter. But the twist and the twist and the thing and the thing and the twist and twist like it it totally overplays its hand at that point. It's totally virtuoso. Yeah. It feels like a it feels like a dollar store M night Shamamina on cocaine. You know, it's, yeah. it's just... yeah, it's, definitely. Oh, thing, and, and and another and, and it's just tedious. It's just it. Ah, it's they just,
1: they, fl- they flip back and forth between whether it's real and fake. If they just had that one flip. The film would have been kind of flat and boring, and then, but the fact that they have the two flips or three flips, it's novel, but it just, it's like, oh no, man, it's too much.
2: After after they're in the desert and get hunted by Fear Inc, it's meant to be like the girlfriend gets murdered by Fear Inc and gets put in his grave, so the our main character Joe or something
0: cries, <laughs> cries like a baby, cries, cries like, like a, a baby,
2: yep, cries like a baby, uh, walks out the desert, goes to a, a like. Sleazy diner goes to use the phone, and his girlfriend's in the diner, and like a bunch of people from Fear Inc. to people that were just in the desert with him are there. They're all going to have a beer, and it's like surprise! Everything was fine. It was this was all part of the Ye- joke. Even this, yeah, this was all part of the plan to scare you. And then um, the last twist, like there's you can't put this many twists in a movie. <laughs> it's just. it. Every time you do something like this, it invalidates part of everything else and it alters the expectations of the audience. You can't just be like, here's the See, twist so to the
1: twist might to the have twist. Been able to do it. I'm not going to root it right. out yeah, <laughs> like a Christopher
2: people. Nolan or whatever.
0: Yeah, so earlier in the movie uh joe our main character is like favorite horror movie death scene go and and one person's like uh johnny depp from nightmare on elm street which is a good example and then he the person who asked this question is like uh, game of thrones the red wedding and they're like that's not a movie and also not horror but of course that's because they wanted to plant that that's his favorite death scene, and so that's the way that Rink kills all of them. Is they literally start playing the reigns of Castamere, and then they they kill everybody because they lured them into a false sense of security. Um, and so they they snap his friend's neck, they shoot his wife in the head, and then they slit uh, our two main characters' throats. And it's like, I I okay, but like again. Just It's, it's not dark. a horror movie. Why, why is this what it's been leading up to? It's and also, I, I got to commend you on the business model of getting a rich people to pay you a bunch of money and then just
2: killing them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we have.
2: Yeah, I guess that's fine.
1: Well, there, there has to be horror films where a group of people all get killed at once. But must be. But but like the fact that they couldn't think of one to arrange one shows you kind of like what we're working with here, you know?
3: Yeah. Whatever
1: chance it had. It fell apart in the third act.
3: I found the first act baffling and I kind of enjoyed the second act because at that point it was just trundling along. Is it? And there's a Saw-esque scene uh, mm-hmm. where his friend is tied to a chair and there's a torture sequence.
1: So the friend is tied to a chair and the guy is told that he has to chop off the hand of the friend and then open up his belly in order to rescue his uh, wife who's on camera and is tied to a bed and there's a horrible dude looming over with a knife but the the friend that, uh, who's been wearing a Freddy Krueger shirt this entire time, he chops off the hand with a circular saw and then a hand a clearly fake hand falls on the floor and then mm-hmm. the friend goes is that a fake? That's a fake hand right? This isn't real and that part could have been good like if the film, if I had had more sympathy for the film before then it's, before now but the the problem is it's such clearly a fake, fake hand hands, yeah that i was like what are they are they trying to tell me the audience it's a fake hand or could they literally not get a better hand because this film has a robot yeah but but, like... but that
3: scene is just inexplicable because like it's his buddy and he's like if he picks up the electric bands on he's like ooh, that's a real blade. Fuck it, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's like it's your body tied to a chair, and he's just like, Tell me "It's all part of the game." It's, it's inexplicable.
2: Also, there's no way he reached that far into fake intestines to like yeah. pull shit out or whatever. There's no way.
3: Entertaining is one thing, inexplicable is another. But inexplicable is not boring, uh, <laughs> and, and, and and that's where I was at with it at, at times. But um,
1: uh, it's closer. To being, like one of the films that's so bad, yeah. That like, yeah. but I, th- I still think this one would have had to be even worse. Yeah. to have been like so so bad that it's good. If you watch the making of features of this, because I was confused. Films I'm confused of by I often watch the um, yeah making yes. of. Not confused by the plot guy who just missed. Yeah, but I'm just listening. confused by like how did this why did this? It was clearly a micro budget feature because the majority of the making of. You know the part in the, in, when they get stopped by the van... And there's a cop who's actually just a performer for Fear, Inc. And he gets r- hit by two other guys in a van. The majority of the making of feature... Is them explaining how they did that shot. And it is clever. But it was special effect in the film. They were proud of stuff. So it's yeah. like, That's oh. dumb. Well, I
3: wonder... The, the, our lead guy, who's kind of inexplicable... Unless it's some sort of social commentary... On stereotypical couples in California... The lead guy's in Slipknot. He's hardly a uh, writer or director or something or producer. No,
1: it's actually a di- it's a different dude because you see them in the making of, it. and they picked up that guy. And there's even outtakes in it that make it seem like that main actor guy was hard to handle. Like that wow. he was like goofing, yeah, that he was goofing around and being even more like as unlikable as he is in the film. It seems like he was just unlikable all the time. <laughs> wow, and a an, an <laughs> movie like that. Uh, just
2: like this movie is unlikable. Uh, yeah.
0: Brian, do you want to just start introducing it? Uh, escape room.
2: Ah, uh, all right. So, this man. Okay. So, I saw this is the second time I saw Escape Room. I I had seen it before when it came out. This movie is a lot worse than I remember it. It's a bunch of people go to a high-end escape room. Um and it's really trying to kill the people involved or hurt the people involved. I don't I don't know if there's a whole lot of setup to introducing this because it's it's just an escape room. It's just a really complex escape room for these people that search out that kind of stuff.
1: Lagan told me a story about going to an escape room that was really bad and garbage and Lagan had to rebuild it because all the puzzles and stuff weren't reset. So, Lagan had to remake the puzzles in the what escape room as he was hell. going along in the escape room. And, and the person he was with was like, This is lame. Can we please stop? And he was like, No. And he just he rebuilt the puzzles and solved them as he went along. And I think that story is great.
3: There's been some very <laughs> shitty escape rooms in, in like, always oh, only a small town anyway. But some of the escape rooms have been just dire. Where it's like, it's just an old office building and they've done nothing with it. You know, they've just, they haven't dressed it, they haven't, they've done very... But is there
1: puzzles, or is it just some people drive you to an <sighs> office building? <project? laughs>
3: but, um... And that's
2: basically what this was, it was just an office building with, that they put the cube, the movie The Cube inside of, <laughs> why <laughs> haven't we watched The Cube yet, that's exactly what this is, it's just called something else, and looks fancier.
0: It's an escape room. Right off the bat, we got something I would have changed. Um, three of the characters get like an introduction where they get this mystery cube that they have to solve to get their invitation to get to the escape room. And so we know that these three characters compared to the other three are like more of the main cast and, and will last longer, um, than the other three. And that kind of takes some tension out of it. As it goes along, you you do learn more and more about the characters. We get these flashbacks to traumatic parts of their lives. I guess it's getting a little ahead of it, but like it turns out, they're all sole survivors of oh, right. um, accidents or various things.
2: It's it's sort of like Saw, where it's like the game master, whatever they call the person that makes these or Wu Tan Yu these things. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that.
1: The main difference, because this film was trying to differentiate itself from being Saw, the idea was instead of having just one ideologically weird supervillain, in this film, the the twist, I I guess you'd call it, is it's a whole giant corporation. It's it's like a giant corporation of rich weirdos. And that's why there's so much money spent on the rooms and why they're so elaborate and stuff.
0: Yeah, they they kind of back themselves into a corner where it, it, it had to be that way. With how elaborate the rooms were, you know, compared to Saw, where it could just be be one guy setting up bear traps and stuff.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, ultimately it's the same thing, where it's like the the shadowy villain or whatever is setting up these situations that they think is improving the people that are involved with it.
1: That's what the guy from Saw believes, but I totally think this thing... It's just a whole bunch of super rich people masturbating while watching... Well, that talk. too. For sure. Yeah.
2: For sure. I thought it was both. I thought it was, like, um, the the person who wins the escape room will be more of a survivor and therefore be stronger.
0: See, that that would have been good. That would have been good. It turns out that this is just the theme of the year, is soul survivors. Oh, and in past years, dumb. it was athletes or savants. And it's like, well, that just... Cheapens the the one thing you had going for for you, yeah, is that it was just really elaborate entertainment for rich people.
1: The escape rooms themselves, I think, that's like what you're supposed to like. You you paid your price for the cinema ticket, and you're supposed to go ooh at how interesting the escape rooms are. And you know, like there are elaborate set pieces, and they are kind of interesting.
2: What are the order of the escape rooms that they
1: go through? The first room is the foyer that turns into an oven. It's fire yeah. and then ice.
2: Which is a simulated frozen lake. And then they go into the upside-down bar? Yes.
1: Did yeah. I get that right? The, the, is that the yeah. next room? After yeah, where the,
3: where, the, where the ceiling falls out into an enormous elevator shaft. Yep.
0: <laughs> and then the, the hospital. Where I know everything about them. Where they have placed all of the portfolios on all of the characters, yeah,
2: yeah, and they replicated all the hospital rooms that all the people stayed in after their accidents. Um, their accidents that are revealed at at that point, at exactly that point, yep. that's when yeah. it's revealed that everybody has a flashback.
1: And the hospital is where it takes a little bit of a turn <clears throat> as well, because I mean, we're very close to the end of the movie. There is because the Zoe, she she kind of she fakes. Dying in that room, and then the two guys come in. The bi- they have these biohazard suits that have the lights on the inside to illuminate the faces. Even though I'm pretty sure that would be a terrible, terrible way to navigate your day—is having lights. Sh- and then our stoner buddy, and the st- the the stoner buddy, and the black businessman, the
2: high powered businessman. They
1: make it to the they make it to the Hunter S. Thompson room, and they go Whoa! on drugs because there's drugs. They go. Psh, psh.
2: Yeah, the hatch that will get them, that they have to handle to get out of this room and get out of the whole thing, is covered in drugs that apparently you get really high off of in three seconds through your hands, which, boy. This comedy effect. Listen, I've been on some drugs. I will admit that.
1: I, I haven't been on any drugs, Brian, but I know that your body parts swelling and getting big is a thing in movies that's normally done for comedy but this scene was doing it for like horror purposes, and so the guy's right. finger's getting long and stuff.
3: I'll
2: tell you, it takes some strong drugs to do that. The
1: squelchy
3: effect, where people's eyes go bug-eyed and their mouths, it, it, it has a comedic
1: quality to it, for, for oh, sure. Oh, for sure. Um, my, my one meta-observation was this room seemed like, oh, this was the room that was given to the boss's son to build, because it's the cheapest room, the easiest room, and it was like dad can i build one of the rooms and his idea for a room was just a whole bunch of wacky art and it's uh drugs <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> yeah it's just like a club yeah it it looks just, like a it's yeah, a club. Yeah, it <laughs> looks like a nightclub it's a club it's a club and just a really really strong experimental yeah, the, the, government the, the, the
3: son was like oh i need fun. to test that room again <laughs> yeah right <laughs>
0: Because that was the weird part is that the the drug also turned out to be poison. Like if they well, didn't find the drugs antidote is. in the room, they would just die. Mostly.
2: Yeah, to make someone f- that was also freak where it fell apart for me quickly, because you need very powerful, very deadly drugs.
0: But like in all of the previous rooms, they reflected aspects of what happened to each of the characters, um, and so it was sort of like triggering for all the characters. Um, like for the businessman, um, they planted the. Jacket he killed his friend to get as he was uh, stranded in the Arctic. And, you know, little details like that that are just gone by the part time you reach that room. The three characters from the beginning have arcs, but the nerd guy who's really into escape rooms, we don't get a flashback for him at all. Like, we mm-hmm. learn that his family died from uh, carbon monoxide poisoning, which is a very different degree of sole survivor to i killed my best friend to survive versus i i woke up one day and all my family is 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 or
2: i am a war veteran that got hit by a a iud
0: yeah
1: because this film had a big high budget i don't feel like helping it as much as i help would feel like helping hellfest along but they could have totally made that drug freakout room be like the... Is Danny the name of the nerdy kid? Or was that someone else? Danny, yeah. But it, it, oh, could, yeah. They could have made the drug freakout room. Like, maybe some some other chemical attacked Danny's family. Like, maybe it was something else that made Danny have all these vivid... He had vivid hallucinations and he crawled out of his room while having vivid hallucinations while the rest of his family died.
0: The problem with that is they just unceremoniously killed Danny off earlier in the ice room. Yes. Like, in all the other deaths... It feels like it's because of a character's choice. You know, uh, the war vet sacrifices herself for the other people. They kill the minor guy to try to get to the next room and he's like, oh yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll get us through, but it turned out to be the wrong solution. Um, Danny just kind of dies. Um, yeah. The stoner kid slides his lighter across the ice and Danny goes and gets it and they just like kill Danny and it's not Clear if that's because like getting the lighter would have been breaking the rules.
1: I think that's what it was, but it was not clearly described or not clearly defined.
0: So like Danny earlier had introduced the idea that you need a dungeon master for these things. And very briefly they're like, Oh, it must have been a dungeon master watching, that's why he died. It could be it could be any one of us. And they're like, No. And then they dropped that idea. And that could have been That
1: could have been interesting if, if one of the
2: I don't think they said Dungeon Master.
0: They said
1: Game Master, Lagan. Game Master. Well, okay. I would have preferred if they said Dungeon Master. <laughs> Our
2: particular type of nerd, we get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the end, very end part is, yeah, the, the stoner dude. The stinger at the start was actually a flash forward of the stoner dude. Doing a, it's weird. After the drug room, they have a very traditional escape room, except that it's trying to kill you and it's all timed. You know, it's all set up like a Victorian study and you have to do a whole bunch of nonsense to get out. And I think he fails. He fails to do the nonsense, but he survives. Yeah, anyway, he right?
2: hides in the fireplace that's in that room, and then escapes. He, he like the wall just that's barely gets the solution. Everything.
1: Oh, so that was yeah. the solution to hide in the fireplace? Uh, it, what was it? Or did, does it,
0: it? It it must have been because the at the end the the guys like we didn't think you would make it through. Yeah. They get this schlubby Englishman yes. who is like the games ma- games master. But he's
2: not—he's not intimidating at all. He just like—and he's not the true villain because the true villain is
3: the company. I didn't, that yeah, but his I didn't—I right? didn't mind
1: him not being intimidating. So he's just sort
3: of the henchman, yeah, because he's just an employee. He's just the guy who does yeah. the stuff. Um,
1: I, I think he did a good job of having an English accent and like delivering lines and all that kind of stuff. That end—he was supposed to be like the end fight, like the, like the final confrontation. And he just seems so, like, oh...
2: Plain. He was plain.
1: And But it seems like either you were, like, the placeholder during a rewrite, because they realize, oh, if they just come out the other end, the film seems kind of flat if they literally just escape out onto the street, you know? the So we need some last little bit. Uh, and he's an exposition wizard as well, because he kind of tells them uh, bits and pieces of stuff.
2: So, Lagan, what's this whole Wu-Tan Yu thing that you mentioned? earlier. What is it,
3: unscramble to be? No, no way out. No way out. No way no out. Way out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Voldemort. Alright. So, um, um,
3: do you
2: want to go over how we get to this revelation? <laughs>
0: <laughs> From the beginning, you think the stoner guy is is doomed, um, but the, the twist is that, that Zoe's plan of pretending to be dead works out, and they escape together. Of course, the police bring Zoe back to the building, and somehow... This mega powerful company has just entirely removed all of these very elaborate escape rooms from the building so that it just it looks like an abandoned office building and no way out is, is scrawled and, of course, rearranged as Wu-Tan used, so... If the, the company removed all the things, why did they leave that little clue for her it's, anyway? It's
1: bananas. You, like, the whole thing about removing—as as okay as the film—okay, I'm using okay, not great—as the film <laughs> was, okay. was up yeah. to that point, like, the, 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 the whole thing about them scrubbing the entire skyscraper clean just raised it to the level of banana pants crazy. Like, either they shouldn't have known where they were, like, it should have been a secret location— do you know what? Like, There's so many other things that would have been better. They come back and the building has collapsed. It's just a, a pile of rubble. That's cheap. Or, yeah, or, or the police just aren't interested. Like, do you know what's even cheaper than scrubbing an entire skyscraper? Just buying a police department. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, these are extremely elaborate rooms yeah. too. And we have, we like, haven't even gotten to the
3: most not simple. part of it yet. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, uh,
0: Zoe and, and Ben, uh, after surviving, they're doing well for themselves. They meet up, uh, Batman three style in a, in a restaurant. And of course, Zoe is obsessed and she pulls out this folder, um, showing the way that they covered up the deaths of the other contestants. And she's like, it all came from this, this place. And I got us plane tickets and, and we're going to go track them down. <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, this kind of relates to spooky airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Because the company Bringing it back. are making a huge spooky airplane simulation um, that's as big as an airplane filled with people. And it's, it's completely, it just it beggars belief and it's bonkers and it's where the film checks out. It had already checked out, as Michael said, but it's where the film checks out of any, any kind of suspense or disbelief.
0: Yeah, they're they're running this simulation for the the puzzle they've set up for Zoe. and Just for ben. these two people, they've set this up. Just for these two people, and and it shows the flight attendants frantically trying to solve the puzzle. They they barely make it to the cockpit, but it's like seconds too late. It, it cuts, and they got more guys in hazmat suits being like, "Oh, you should have dinkled the dangle <laughs> a little faster." <laughs> and it's like, did you hire a plane full of yeah, actors? Just just so you could run a simulation about how it's gonna go and they have to
1: do Who that knows. simulation over and over again so it means those act- actors break for lunch they break for lunch then they come back to their little chair and they're like oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you know
2: how many people had to be hired for that each one of those people is a fucking loose Yeah. End. yeah, yeah. you have to kill that entire simulated plane I bet they do if you have a bunch of Elon Musk's
1: Oh man, they have literal goons in orange jumpsuits. Hazmat like, suits. Orange hazmat suits. Because, like, when the guys had the hazmat suits earlier, they were going into a room that was filled with poisonous gas.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. And it
1: made sense. But then it just shows, like, a warehouse. And all, there's all these little guys in the beekeeper suits. Because the
2: warehouse it's like, is made of poison.
1: And it was like, oh, please let them make them wear those suits all the time. Like we'll
2: figure all, all of this out in Escape Room 2. Yeah, there will be. Coming next There's year. Definitely-
0: Frankly, incredible that this is actually getting a sequel. And I'm actually very <laughs> excited to see how ridiculous My it joke gets.
1: was it's going to be Escape Room 2, Escape World.
3: Yeah, no, I'm I'm stoked for a sequel. I want to see the spooky airplane sequence. Um, <laughs> that's how the movie should start. It should start with them surviving it to deflate all the tension. Mm <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I want to I want to see the sequel to this. Do we want to do our final push?
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's time. It's time. It's time. Uh I'll go first. I'll go sure, first. Sure. Escape room was a, a bit of a letdown, I guess. I haven't done escape rooms. Maybe if you've done escape rooms, it'll have more value to you, so you could probably watch that with friends. Fear Incorporated and Hellfest are garbage and you flush them. You flush them as fast as possible and you go get a plunger and make sure they go down.
3: <laughs> I, I'll go next, I suppose. This is a, a challenging, uh, and I have to try and be kind. Um, we'll start with the in order, which we looked at Hellfest first. Hellfest was directed by the same chap who directed Paranormal Activity Four: The Ghost Dimension. That's oh God, right. that's right. Hellfest should be fucking banished to the Ghost Dimension. Um, it felt it reminded me of Chernobyl Diaries in that you've got. A very indispensable cast that nobody really gives a shit about, but you've got a good setup and a great location and nothing was done with it. And I was really surprised that they actually built sets. It felt like they had a thing and they said they'd use it. But the fact that they built sets, they had this great location and the narrative and the plot um, just didn't make great use of it, it kind of falls flat for me. And So then moving on to I found Fear Inc. more entertaining, and I don't think I'd flush. I'd flush um, Hellfest. I don't know what I'd flush Fear Inc., even though I know most people hated it. I found the inexplicable nature of some scenes and the weird energy held me. Maybe that's just me, but that held me for the first two acts. But it's not a great movie. Um, And then Panic Room. God, I hate to say it, but Panic Room is
2: Panic Room? Escape Room.
3: That's Panic a
1: different Room one. Foster. Panic Room Jodie
2: Foster. Yeah, that's the one we watched. That's
1: the one Christian watched. That's the one he told me we are talking Panic. about the entire time. <laughs> so
2: yeah, with the dad aliens, Escape, right?
1: Escape Panic
3: Room, even though it's very generic and commercial, and it has the same production values and energy as a lot of the Saw sequels. Like, when Saw was a huge franchise, Saw was 2, 3, and 4. It feels like one of those movies that came off the same conveyor belt. But it's the most competently made of the three movies, and it's probably the most entertaining, albeit generic. And it was the one that I enjoyed most. You might enjoy Escape Rooms with Friends because it's dumb and entertaining.
1: Fear Inc. I didn't. I I I didn't like it, but I can. After watching the making of, I kind of almost felt sorry for the filmmakers. So, I, I mean, I, it it is for me a flushy one, but like I I can kind of feel sympathy for them. There's. I have no sympathy for Escape Room. Uh, probably a watch with friends, I would say, and uh, Hellfest. See, Hellfest is a, but it it is the only one that made me think that even this idea for a film might have some merit, you know. So I and I think and it, yeah, it's really annoying because Hellfest, I think, with like no extra money, just tweaks here and there, mm. like um, I think could have been like a serviceable movie. So it's still a flush it, but like at least Hellfest made me think this much like the very first episode we did about the Changeling movies, that the uh ha- the spooky is this real or is this not real kind of um film about like a haunted house or escape room type experience is at least possible. So that that's that's my only takeaway.
0: Yeah, that that I guess that would be the framing for me is I think this premise the setup has a lot of potential uh, most of these really f- like lost out on that potential yeah escape room p- might have gotten the closest and i'm especially excited to see how ridiculous escape room 2 gets so i think that might be the <laughs> only one i recommend watching with
1: friends to
2: escape to room to escape two. yeah <laughs> <laughs>